0: Amen. Grab a seat. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. Matthew Mark Mark is the second book in the New Testament. And what we have been doing is we've been talking about the core values of our denomination and just as important the core values of our church. We have talked about lost people what to God matter. matter. We talk about prayer being the what work of God's people. The primary work of God's people. Ask, seek, knock. How many of you guys still have that on your wrist? How many of you guys still wearing that? Huh? I know some of you are. I watch you. I see you throughout your day. We have an opportunity to be the difference maker in people's lives as we pray for them. I know that for a fact. I see that all the time. I see that even this morning and even this week as God has invited us as a leadership team to pray and seeing people who are here today who weren't here last week or the week before I see that we know that stewardship is our understanding that everything belongs to God and we know that God's word is His truth that allows us to live a successful and vibrant life. And today we're going to look at the next one. And it's called empowerment. Now many of you know this about me, that one of the things that I talk about more than anything else is is the power of God. Is that God wants to empower us. That God wants to indwell us. And God wants to change everything about us. I actually think that's what it makes us very unique as a church is that we just don't talk about morality. We just don't talk about doing better and getting by and, and waiting for heaven. But actually what we do, we actually believe that, that when God fills us and God lives in us, that we are empowered to do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And I think for many of you that's why you keep coming back. There's an anticipation and a hope. And oftentimes you see it in other people, but there's a deep cry that every time you show up that the next person God is going to do it in is you. Is you. Is you. Let's look at Mark chapter 1 verse 21. It says here in Mark chapter 1, verse 21, it says, And Jesus and His companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, He went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at His teaching, for He taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. You see, what had happened with Jesus is that whenever Jesus went to a place from the very beginning of His ministry until the very end through the resurrection, there was something unique about Jesus. That whenever Jesus taught, something happened. Whether it be, even in this passage in in the first chapter of Mark, where someone was healed in the synagogue, something always took place. Whether it be a sign of power, Healing and deliverance, or whether it be a spoken word that I ta- I talked about this last week that Jesus taught from the Old Testament, he taught from the Pentateuch. He taught from Isaiah. He taught from all of the old Scriptures. Ezekiel. All these different things we see that Jesus had taught from. But there was something that was so unique about Jesus compared to the other teachers. And it was that His words were filled with power and authority. And the reason they were filled with power and authority was because of two reasons. One was how His life was displayed for the world to see. In every single setting, Jesus' life was followed by the power and presence of God. But it wasn't only His life. It was the people that followed Him. It was the people that surrounded Him. It was the people that came to Him that whenever Jesus gathered, something beautifully unique happened. I love the story about the woman at the well. I feel like that's one of the biggest Gospel stories that we should be reading and learning from. Jesus didn't physically heal her. Jesus didn't physically deliver her from, from any demons. But what Jesus had done was he spoke into her identity that you are not married to the man you're living with. Matter of fact, you've been married like five times. But rather, you've been chasing after something that will not fill your soul. And when this woman heard the words of Jesus, that a rabbi, that a leader would sit next to her and give her something to drink or ask for something to drink and spoke into her heart, reading her heart, every single word that he spoke, she believed. Matter of fact, she believed it so much that when you get down to verse 28, 29, 30 through 33, she actually ran into this town that she was from and she told everyone that she met someone who told her her whole life story. And in that moment, change happened. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11, verse 27. This is now getting to the end of his life. And he, it says here, and again they entered Jerusalem. As Jesus was walking through the temple area, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to Him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right To do them. Who gave you the right to be identified as a rabbi? Who gave you the right to stand in front of the synagogues and the street corners? Who gave you the right to heal on the Sabbath? Who empowered you? That's what they were asking. Think about the word citizen's arrest. If we were asked Bob Klingon, codenamed Chief, what a citizen's arrest really is, he probably would laugh a little bit. I can't just take a guy, throw him against the wall, tell him to put his hands up, put him in handcuffs and throw him into my Suburban. I can't do that. But What's that? I could do that. I'll get arrested. But people are given authority and power for different reasons. Police officers are given power and authority by the state. And they're given authority, but they are equipped with power. That whenever we see a police officer pull up behind us, what do we do with our cars? Or what do I do? Slow I slow down. And I stop at every stoplight. <laughs> Think about this. You know what the worst thing is when your kids start driving? There's nothing worse, because they all tell you how to drive then. Put blinkers on put it this put it that whatever they all become the greatest drivers but whenever I see a cop I become the world's greatest driver think about a lawyer going to court that lawyer has gone through education and learning and testing that they are empowered to know the law and they're given the authority to stand before a judge Think about teachers. Think about the power and the authority that a teacher has. That they go to school. They have to be accredited. As a matter of fact, in New Jersey, it's one of the, the most painful places to become a teacher and nonetheless get a job in teaching. But they are accredited. They are educated. And at some point, the lawyer, the police officer, and the teacher are given a seal of authority. And with that authority comes great power. And with great power comes what? Great responsibility. And what Jesus had said was, when you look at this question, who gave you the authority? Who told you that you can do what you want? And you know what Jesus' answer was? I only do what the Father tells me to do. The only authority and the only power that I have been given is by God Himself. Jesus says that He only does what the Father tells Him. He only does what He sees the Father doing. And every single day that Jesus walked on this earth, He got up early and went away to get the power and the authority that was given by the Father. And the only reason He was given any power and authority was because He was the Son of God. And so when we read this about Jesus, there are moments that we believe that, that Jesus is who He says He is. We look at the Gospels and we read them and we say, we believe who Jesus is, who He says He was. Because it was so long ago. We can believe that Jesus was born to the Virgin. We can believe that Jesus taught with amazing authority. He brought something new to the table. People loved listening to Him. Was it His demeanor? Was it His actions? What was it? Was it because He wore really cool Jesus sandals? We don't know. Was it because He taught in front of a lake instead of oftentimes in a synagogue? Did He change the atmosphere? But when we read scriptures, there's something that we hold on to. But Jesus said it. And He did it. And even in the resurrection. Maybe not all of us, but I would say a lot of us in this room believe that Jesus was put to death and not even death could hold him down amen turn with me to acts chapter 1 it's funny because i feel like the sermon is oftentimes hard for me to preach because i feel like it's oftentimes my same words and words and words over that it's almost like the cheerleaders to the coach saying come on guys believe it come on guys it's true come on guys it's in you in Acts chapter 1 it says he replied in verse in verse 8 but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me wherever you go everywhere you go in Jerusalem throughout Judea and Samaria, and to, the end er, and to the ends of the earth. But you will be empowered. But you will be given authority. But you will be given power. How many of us are so tired of watching television and seeing people live to their full potential. You never feel that way? How many of you have caught, been so caught up in looking at others' accomplishments that you miss out on God's full blessing for your life? How many of you, here's the better question how many of you truly believe? That God can radically fill you and use you in ways that are unbelievable to you. Because when Jesus said this to Acts chapter 1 to his disciples, he wasn't just talking to those 11 and then to be 12. He was talking to all of us. All of us. And here's a very interesting thing in church history. This is what you have to hear. Wherever the gospel has not been preached, this is the truth, wherever the gospel has not been preached, and the gospel is brought into that land for the very first time, do you know what the gospel looks like? The gospel looks like the gospel. It looks like power and deliverance and healing and freedom and true forgiveness, like the woman at the well. You see things shift in communities and cultures. And the only time when the gospel loses its power is when the gospel becomes institutionalized. Did you know that? You study the world, you study all the places where missionaries are going now. That when the power of the gospel is displayed, it is real. It is tangible. I actually watched a video this week of a of a, uh, of a movement down in somewhere in South. Um, south america and some guy showed up to this little church and there was a video of this guy just kind of being really antsy and, and really awkward and all of a sudden he pulled out a knife this is a true story and he went after the pastor and with a spoken word the guy fell to the ground and the knife fell out of his hand Do you know that Do you know this is not the abnormal? That this is supposed to be the normal Christian life? The normal Christian life is that we are empowered, that when we are forced against, that we have the power and authority to speak, and something happens. That when we've been filled with addictions and, and issues and brokenness, that when the Spirit of God speaks in us and we believe it as His children, that true transformation comes. Not change, but transformation. But it's all about our identity. Do we truly believe that we are given the Spirit of God to live within us, to indwell us, to empower us, to prepare us for eternity? And I'll tell you this because I talk to a lot of you. You have seen moments of that. And glimpses of it. And in those glimpses, that's how you want to live. But the question is it's not about a moment, it's about a lifetime. That we can live a lifetime empowered by God, that we can live a lifetime living out God's full calling. There's nothing worse when someone comes to Christ and God does something radically new in their lives, whether it be saving their marriage, whether that be changing their attitude, whether that be rescuing them from an addiction, where God just steps in and does something so huge and supernatural, and then five years later, they're no different. I want to read some verses to who God says you are. It's not what you do. It's not how you do it. But it's allow you being a vessel that the Spirit of God can live and move and empower you to be. And you get to be like Christ to others. Romans 8.11 It says here, and this is key, the same Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. This is the game changer. Do you truly believe that the same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you? And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Do you believe that when Jesus died on the cross, That he didn't give you a piece of it, a small little portion of it, but all of it to live in you, to move in you, and to actually have your being. Let's just jump up a a few earlier verses in in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. It says here this And because you belong to him, the power of the living spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I know this for a fact. That my life has changed. And that every time I sin, that I can go to Jesus and He forgives me and He doesn't hold it against me. And I know this, that the greatest sins that I committed when I was before Christ, that He forgave all of them and wiped them away. I know that. Do you believe that there's such a loving, heavenly Father That accepts you and forgives you and embraces you, that nothing in this world can separate you. Not your little actions, not your big actions, not your thoughts, not your anything, not your past. That He has the power to actually forgive your sins. I remember when I was little and I would get in trouble. And I remember how my parents handled it. You see, there's things of sins of omission and sins of commission. And as kids, we have kids who will make grave mistakes. Right? Parents? Or at least in our eyes, they're grave mistakes. And one of the things that I've been trying to really learn is that when I approach my children, especially on things that they know that they shouldn't be doing, How am I embracing them in that moment? Do I embrace them in a manner that they'll come to me and say, Dad, I screwed up. Daddy, I messed up. Dad, I chose to do something that I shouldn't have done. And I remember growing up that I was the world's greatest liar because I didn't trust my parents to forgive me and to receive me and to accept me I thought I had to always be this, this super athlete and this super person and this this superman and so I learned to have two different dual faces and when I became a christian I said I will not allow my children to feel that do you think my parents ever meant to do that no i have two great amazing Parents, but what do you think happened to them? The same thing happened to them that they poured onto Me. And I know that if my kids can come to Me as a loving Father, then they'll go to their Heavenly Father with even a greater picture of who He is. That once they sin, once they recognize it, it's over. It's done with. I'm not thinking about it. I may keep you accountable for it, but it's not held against you. It says here in 1 Timothy 1, 1.7 that we aren't supposed to be people of fear. They want to be known as teachers of the law. This is the, this is the wrong verse. It's really 2 Timothy. Wrong one. It says that we are not given a, a, a spirit of fear and timidity, but we are given a spirit of power and might. 2 Timothy. We don't need to live in fear and timidity. We don't have to walk around timid and anxious. But actually, we are given a spirit of power and might and authority. Whether you're in church singing or whether you are in your vocation presenting to your board, you are given a spirit of power. It says here in 2 Peter 1.3, just throw it up here. 2 Peter 1.3 you have it? By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us by Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. You can say all you want that the devil made you do it. But the fact of the matter is if the Spirit of God lives in you, you don't have to continue down the path you're on. You don't have to make little lies. You don't have to make little shortcuts. You don't have to do certain things. Because we are given the ability to live excellent lives. You see, that's why the world hates us. Rightfully so. Because we stand up here when we preach messages and we, we show up to church perfectly dressed and we raise our hands and we read our Bibles and we get mad at all the different issues that are gov- going on with the government. But in actuality, when they sit down with us for dinner or for coffee or in meetings, they hear no difference. They hear lying and cheating and manipulating and that you are selfish. That I am selfish the greatest example to humanity should be us as christians in every single environment in our homes why are kids leaving the church because their parents did not live a form of godly excellence why are people why are neighbors not wanting to connect with you because they hear and see the hypocrisy why are people at work maybe why are you not getting the promotions And I'm not saying you specifically. I'm saying the church universal. I mean think about any candidate who stands up who claims to be a Christian. They are mocked for their faith. And everyone is waiting for dirt to be dug up on them. But what would happen if we were the people of God? that lived lives of excellence. That the power and the authority that we live in every single moment, every single decision, every single opportunity was Jesus' power living in us. Not by what we do. Listen to me. Not by what we do. But who Christ is in us. Do you know the three most powerful words in humanity is this? I am sorry. Do you know that? When we are Christians and we have the ability to recognize our sin and repent of our sins, not just to God, but to one another, That allows the power of God to live in our lives. Here's a question Do you truly believe that you've been given an identity with the very presence of Jesus? lives in you, empowers you, and has given you authority to live the life that God created you to be. And I believe that He also gave us the power to heal and the power to deliver and the power to speak life and victory into others i mean it i've seen it some of you don't know that this week in our church in our plant family there were two physical healings that took place do you know that do you want to believe that seriously do you want to believe that god has created you more just for for morality do you want to believe that god has created you more than just for heaven Do you want to believe that God created you to step into people's lives to be the very presence, the very peace, the very love, the very grace, the very mercy, and the very power of Jesus Christ that we read about in this Bible? You know, the Gospel of James... James was Jesus' brother. And I'm going to wrap up with this before we go to communion. James was actually Jesus' brother who did not believe that his brother was the Son of God. Okay? Jesus was the oldest. James, the just, as he was called, did not believe that his own brother was the Son of God until he had a personal encounter with With the risen king. And did you know what the book that he wrote was about? The book of James is a very controversial book. Probably the most controversial book in all of scripture. Many have debated whether or not the book of James should be in the Bible or not. Many scholars have written that, that why or why not this book should be in. Because when you read the book of James. It's written to the group of people. That are supposed to live an empowerment by God and exactly what your lives should look like. It talks about the tongue being the most powerful weapon in all the world, it talks about doing good to your neighbor, it talks about being generous. It talks about this life that when, when people see this life, all they are is drawn to it. You see, our churches shouldn't be like those 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 fly things. You know that at night when they buzz bzz, and the flies come in, and what do they do to the flies? They kill it. That's what too many churches do. They pretend to be this great light, and then they zap everyone and they die. What we should be is we should actually be like candles. You come up and we have a light and we give you a candle and you burn brighter and brighter and brighter. We should be the people of God that when they come into our our church and into our fellowship, that we want to see you excel more than we excel. We should be the people of God that, that when God has done tremendous things in our lives, that we believe that God is going to do more than He's done in us. We have to be... Selfless in a very self-ish world. But the more you try, the more you mess up. But the moment that you embrace the identity that God has given you, that's when God's power starts flowing. Do you ever notice that sometimes the most effective times you are is when you are the most compassionate person? Because in that moment you are hurting with someone else. I'm going to change the core value. Empowerment. We can do all things through the Holy Spirit. And I feel like it's a shame if we as a church don't embrace that. I feel it's a shame and it's a waste if we live our lives for just to retire and be comfortable. I feel like our lives should get better every single day. And when our lives are finished, Jesus takes us home. That's how I want to die. I want to die when my last breath of love in an imperfect person is given. This is about your identity. It's not about praying, it's not about reading, it's not about doing, it's about accepting that you are God's child and He created you for more than this broken, sinful world. And you are the presence of empowerment for others. Do you know how I know that? Because one of you are going to get it this morning. And I say this humbly. God used me this morning. To be an empowerment for someone else. And you. Have the opportunity to be an empowerment for someone else.